So please stamp your keyboard, make some noise, and welcome to uh, Grant Talks Funny Bits, the incredible Richard Barker. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much hey, for having me. And there is, yeah. oh, thank you for being here. It's uh, it's no it's 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 nice to have somebody that's that's I say a half Brit. You're you're a, you're a Brit by all accounts, but yeah. Um, so how long how long have you been in the states? What's what's your story that got you to where you are now? Not so much the stage stuff. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so it's around about 2002. I'm in England, and um, I'm a police uh, lieutenant at the time, which yep. is an inspector, you know, in the UK, and um. I get sent over to uh, on secondment, which is like being on loan to uh, the NYPD. And uh, I had just taken extensive NLP training uh, with Bandler over, over in London. And basically I had an opportunity to go to New York City to the John Jay College of Criminal Justice Studies and start to uh, work with NLP over, over in the US. Uh, I had no intention of actually staying. I just thought it would be, uh, it, was a, it was a six month sort of term that ended up being like 16, 17 years in the end. Wow. So uh, I came over as a police officer practicing NLP, doing sort of hypnosis from a, a, a from a law point of view, you know, interviewing suspects and witnesses yeah. and victims of crime. And um, on the side, I used to do, you know, hypnosis shows, not really anything serious, but um, the contract got extended. I ended up leaving the police service in the UK and I ended up um, staying in the US um, getting a green card and then getting citizenship. So uh, it's it's nice. kind of by accident, really, how I ended up here uh, in in Florida at the moment. Yeah, a, a very nice part of the world. So how long how long have you been in the states up until now? So I moved I moved in two thousand and three. So nice. uh, where are we? Twenty twenty. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a while. Yeah. So um, I think one of our first interactions was a, a few years ago. Uh, I was performing in Munster. Uh, was it is Munster oh, yeah. where you were born? Yeah, in Germany. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was I. Yes, I I always talk about like interesting shows, um, and the Monster yeah. Show was 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 fascinating. Um, some of the guys in question, it's it was their mission apparently that the comedy act they always try and make last fifteen minutes before they make them walk off stage, um, and that yeah. was it, and the agent is telling me this just as my intro music starting, uh, so that was a that was a challenge. So. Uh, I was watching some of your YouTube videos earlier as well. I see you've uh, obviously performed for the American troops. Yeah. Have you performed for British troops? And is there, would you say there's a difference between the two? You know, I haven't actually performed for, for UK troops. So I've done, I've done US Navy and Army, uh, but not had the opportunity to work with the Brits because uh, when I was actually a, um, a soldier myself, it's when I saw my first uh, hypnosis show, I was 18. And somebody came nice. over from the UK to uh, Gibraltar and uh, entertained the trip. I'd love to know who it was because they were awesome. And it basically uh, pretty much changed my path in life to want to do hypnosis. But no, I never worked with the Brits. Um, but uh, I've done the I've done the Americans. It's a lot of fun, as you know. Uh, the troops are all <laughs> up for it. <laughs> so it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think... Um, do you think your Englishness, your Britishness helps you being in America? I know the couple of times I've been there, there was this fascination yeah. with, with us as Brits. Uh, do you think that's that's helped your career path as such? Yes and no, um, because there are some people that, uh, you know, really don't like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> they don't like, <laughs> they don't really like uh, the British Empire and things like that. So in the most part, what I've learned is Americans are very accommodating and they like, 
different accents and you know they're pretty uh they're pretty receptive and you just have that little uniqueness so you stand out a little bit just mm -hmm. because you're obviously your accent's not the same so i think it's just like i do play on the fact that i'm english mm -hmm. um just because it's something slightly different and i think as a stage entertainer we all should find what it is about ourselves in fact or our journey so far that sets us apart otherwise we all just look like each other same shirts same style same clothes you know and it just kind of all looks the same so i do play in it a little bit and i do think it uh, helps people remember me specifically yeah speaking of shirts it would be remiss me not to say that i'm currently wearing a mind the mind spiral.com t-shirt that's uh, awesome yes uh, from fellow brit hypnotist kaz wiley she's set that up it's absolutely amazing oh, no. uh, i saw kaz someone wearing that the other day i can't remember yes. who it was uh, kaz, kaz has put them out there and they're absolutely some yeah. great designs so um each guest I've had on, I, I, I'd like to think, has got something that I think is fairly unique to them. I, yeah. in, my, in, in my opinion, one of the things that makes you stand out above everybody else is you are the marketing guy. You know, I think it, it's fair to say that you've got a couple of a couple of really successful courses on marketing, and that, and that's yeah. kind of your one of the USPs that you push to sell to other hypnotists and other people like that. And I think in this industry, that's one of the things that we are missing a little bit if you know I mean, there's a lot of people that try and do the performance side of it without the yeah, marketing yeah. and the business side of it as well so is that is does that come from a marketing background or is that just stuff you picked up along the way you know i kind of picked it up along the way and um but i'm very interested in it because uh, marketing's the lifeblood of any business and you can be the best stage hypnotist on the planet or the best juggler or fire eater or whatever but unless you're actually out there to the masses then nobody's ever heard of you so of course the bookings are a direct correlation to the marketing that you put in. So I, I think there's only really three factors. It's how you interact with your bookers, past, you know, present and future. It's how your marketing is aligned and put together. And it's how your show can stand on its own with testimonials and reviews and raving fans. And if you have all three, then that's a winning combination. But a lot of people kind of forgo the marketing side of life. Mm -hmm. And we end up getting in this sort of trap of just talking about microphones and, you know face masks and you know the type of do we tie our chairs together or don't we and more more technique and i know hypnotherapists do this that they focus on technique and tools rather than the promotion of what they actually have and it's it's kind of something a lot of people are weak at so um i i think that we should concentrate actually more on marketing mm. because it's the engine behind the vehicle and the vehicle being the hypnosis show so yeah it's one of my strong suits because it's mm. given me the advantage to put myself in in arenas you know that's got national television coverage um local coverage and once that momentum starts moving which you know there's no overnight success of course once it starts moving it's easy to keep it moving in the right direction yeah i think a friend um, of mine says it takes it takes it takes at least 15 years to become an overnight success yeah, yeah. and it's the yeah. momentum you know? so some people they'll do like you know they'll do facebook ads or a little bit of marketing and after a week they'll say well it didn't work well, yeah, because you have to like you have to be prepared to like make at least a couple of thousand dollars worth of mistakes yeah. before you understand Facebook pixels and retargeting. And you know, you've, you've got to you've got to spend the money to make the money, and a lot of people shy away from it. And of course, there's a lot of bad advice out there, yeah. and that's where people stand still. They 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 can't promote because the advice from the person teaching the marketing is not actually relevant or current. So uh, there's issues there too, I think. Yeah, especially I mean Facebook Facebook 
ads used to be you could just spend money and it you would get the reach now the algorithms change so much that you have to put out a quality ad to to kind of get that reach and it's just i think just as you get it sussed facebook likes to tweak it um, just to kind of get more money from you you know so yeah i've I've lost not lost i think what i think one of the tips you know one of the tips i would give anybody is that if everybody's doing facebook ads go ahead and do something different try instagram Mm. ads or do a bit of YouTube pre-roll ads or, you know, yeah. always yeah. step ahead of the pack. And if the pack is all doing um, marketing on Gigmaster or the, the bash, or was it the biz now or the bash or whatever it's called and some other online platforms, change it and do direct mail. Because yeah. if you start changing it, you start separating yourself. And then when people start catching up with you and they all start doing direct mail, by that time you've already spun into pre-roll Facebook ads or YouTube or podcasts or whatever's next. Yeah. And I think that's the key. Don't get stuck in one particular arena and uh, keep moving your marketing along is the way to go. I think physical medium now, you know, is so valuable because people are oh, so yeah. used to getting an email. Uh, I knew a guy who had a great, great, I mean, cheesy as it is, it was great. And his yeah. flyer, he used to send them sque- screwed up in a little package. And when you open it up and it says, the only thing I would screw up is this flyer. Um, and again, the, the return you get on that is brilliant. If so, I yeah. can give you, let, let me give your viewers something because um, th- there is a there is a course on YouTube right now. It used to cost like $5,000 and it's currently free. I don't know why oh, it's free. Maybe somebody ripped it and put it on YouTube. But um, uh, the, 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 the gentleman's name is Dan E. Kennedy. It's a little bit yeah. old, but it's Dan E. Kennedy. And the, the training is called Mailbox Millions. And it teaches and it's free and it teaches you direct mail. And like what you just said, send in the crumpled up piece of paper in the mail or, you know, what what I've done is I've sent something in the mail and they open it and it springs out. It's like it's called the red letter box and it springs Mm. out into a cube and, you you know, you're spending a couple of dollars on it, but they will never forget it. (laughs) So it's it's the power of the mailbox has no spam filter. And then they say that, you know, 6000 emails is the equivalent to one greeting card on an emotional level. And, and, and in such a digital world we live in, yeah. that getting something through the post means so much more. Now, my my cruise agent always gets a, a handmade card with a little note every year because it's the, the value is worth the effort. Uh, so, yeah. All right. We're yeah. going to show your 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 sizzle reel now. Uh, and the people that are watching, okay. for, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, they're going to see this sizzle reel and know that you really do kind of, you know, you definitely kind of walk the talk. This is the finest hypnotist working in the world. One, two, and three. This is the power of hypnotism. If I say something to be true, it's true. What do a lot of people want to famous people? Ohio State is a team of followers. What's your favorite team, my friend? Ohio State. What a reminder of your feeling of sleeping. Richard, talk to Hello. You know, this is really interesting to watch. I don't know what's going to happen in the next nine minutes on television, but it could be fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Richard. This has been fascinating. This has been an incredible experience. And I want you to understand, imagine that was five minutes, mm-hmm. what would happen in an hour. He's been featured on stage and television around the world, including the Today Show. Let's give a big welcome to Richard Barker. Here to help us get through that is Richard Barker. This guy's amazing. 
Uh, check him out. Even if I told you, I know you won't believe. Oh, there we go. And that was uh, Richard's absolutely amazing scissor wheel. So, um, is it Vern Troyer, how was how was he to hypnotize? Because he's quite a um, he's quite an on guy. Oh, sorry, I've just I've muted your mic. So you had a bit of echo then. How, yeah, how was Vern oh. Troyer to, to to hypnotize? Uh, you know, pretty straightforward, actually. You know, he has passed away. So, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. He passed away a couple of years ago. But um, such a nice, you know, the first thing that struck me when I met Vern is literally how small he, he was. <laughs> uh, he literally is way smaller than I ever imagined him to be uh, in real life. And he he basically dropped into a trance so easily. And he's a hot, and, and I don't know if you know the story about this, but but over here, you know, college football is huge, and that's like American football. And uh, he's a diehard Michigan Wolverines fan, mm. and they're and they're arch rivals, if you will, are Ohio State. And in his living room at the time, he's collected all these different like NFL, uh, sorry, these uh, football helmets, you know, American football helmets. So it was a big deal to have him say that he's an Ohio State fan with a Michigan show on. And then he had to send out a tweet to all his fans apologizing <laughs> that he said he was an Ohio fan, which, of course, he's not. I, I got a kick out of that. Such a nice guy. Yeah, I always think it's it's weirdly, it's probably one of the most powerful demonstrations of hypnosis when you're kind of working with someone's sports team. Because yeah. like UK soccer, you know, if you if you're a fan of that team, then you are not going to fake being a fan of a different team. I had it once yeah. up in Scotland with a Celtic Rangers thing, and uh, it just it gets such a great reaction from that. So yeah, What's yeah, that the, one, um, that one's a big one yeah, to to have that rivalry just kind of knocked mm. down like that using hypnosis. It converted a lot of people into believers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, how did how did it affect your 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 business as such your career doing the 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 tv that you've done the, the james card and the the tonight show yeah. you know i know there was a, a couple of, a couple of years where it was just like i'm constantly seeing like bum richard barker on on this tv program yeah. bum richard barker another how how did that uh you know i so saw you got a blue tick um which is always a great thing for kind of that social proof um how yeah. were things after that initial kind of being you know just it just went nuts because, uh, mm. you know, I, I was doing small local, you know, I started off, basically I started off on podcasts, then I went to local press, then it went to national press, then it went to like local television lunchtime shows on the news and then obviously evening news. And I just put myself out there as much as I could. And the more I put myself out there, the more offers I was getting picked up by other people. And then the first break was the Today Show, you know, on NBC. It's a big mm. deal. And uh, mm. I go over there. And um, it's funny because they were going to give me a five minutes uh, slot. And then when I started, they realized how good this was. And in fact, the viewership was so high. They they basically have all these different signals, you know, behind the camera, like keep rolling, keep going. And I wasn't yeah. supposed to, like, go through an induction on TV at all or anything like that. So yeah. I just thought yeah. I was going there to be interviewed next minute. Of course, it turned into a whole different segment. And, uh, and then it went on for about 20, 22 minutes. And the poor people that came in from the, the for the cooking show got cancelled. I'm like, oh, you know. But Brilliant. then they invited me back, back two years later. But what it does is, it just opens up the door to so many different opportunities and high-profile clients that it just snowballs. Uh, and yeah. it's so worth doing if you can persist at the media and get that break. It's going to change yeah. the your career completely, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, one of the things, uh, obviously, it'd be remiss to not mention it, for those that are watching it on the replay, we're in the middle of the COVID situation. Um, you're one of the few that have, have, have been out there and actually got a couple of shows under your belt, under the new normal as such. Um, yeah. How how has that been? How has you know how has that affected the shows? People's suggestibility, you know, is yeah. it is it the same? What challenges are we facing? Yeah, I really, I really sort of um, so so I had a couple of shows that I was able to rescue. Um, I did one show where they refused to wear face masks, gloves, didn't want me wearing a mask, and everything else. So you know, you got you got to go with what the client wants, but you also have to be aware of what what the guidelines are and your safety as well as theirs. Yeah. The first one I did, I literally did it with no mask, no gloves, no nothing, and just did a regular show. Nobody really said anything. And then on the second show, everybody's having their temperature checked. You know, everyone's wearing masks. And what I found was it's, first of all, the show is very different because you don't see anybody's expressions because they're all wearing face masks. Yeah. So you just don't see those hypnotic looks. You know, it's yeah. only their eyes. So that was kind of tough. And, um, and then everyone sounds muffled, me, them. Uh, my mask was getting sucked into my mouth and I could barely speak. So it's kind of tricky. And then I changed the show where nobody's leaving their seats, mm. which usually my show, everybody's out of their seats. It's just the yeah. way I do my show. So to have everybody sitting down, I had to change all the routines to sitting yeah. down kind of style routines. So it's tricky. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big, on, on bigger shows, having those visuals of people up and dancing and shouting and screaming, it's, it's a yeah. big part of it. So yeah, it's, it, it's how are the audiences you know, is it, you know, are you, can you still get the same reaction? Yeah, because I don't think they know any different. And the good news is, you know, doing the uh, the schools and colleges, they only know what they know in that moment. You know, it's almost like a, a dog, you know, it doesn't know what it did five minutes before. So they almost don't have any reference to a hypnosis show from last year or the year before. They only know what you're delivering them. So what, I, what I've learned in entertainment in general is as long as you don't identify the problems to them, they don't know that they exist. You know, as long as you don't yeah. identify yeah. the technical errors to someone, they don't know that you have tech errors either. So I kind of delivered the show as if this is just the normal way we do things. And so yeah. consequently, that's, the audience loved it. Because yeah, that's that's how I do this show. Every week I always have a tech issue and every week it's always something different. Last week we started yeah. off doing simulcasting. So we we're going to two places at the same time. That brought <laughs> issues. This week we've had some more tech issues, but it's it's one it's it's the nature of what we do that you know when you yeah. go on stage and the lights come on, you perform if you know what I mean. So that, that's you know what though, it's, what's, it's what, good to experiment and because a lot of people a lot of people don't experiment, so they, they don't further it. So even in your show here, you're experimenting. You know, I mean I I'm using these new lights and realizing I'm one big like blob of a pink guy. So I probably need to like <laughs> tone these lights down a bit. But but they're new. They're the, the little kind of like see these little spotlights, the Chauvet spotlights. Oh, nice. They're awesome, yeah. and they're magnetic. But of course they're so bright. Oh. I look like I've got a big shine on the top of my head. But I'm I'm still going to play around with it for when I'm doing you know yeah. um, virtual sessions with clients and things like that. So it's yeah, I agree with you. It's continuous yeah. learning, definitely. Well, and that's that's I mean, especially in the Zoom culture we've got at the moment, as a stage performer, yeah. I, I, you know, it's about bringing that to it. I always have I have hashtag be the show, um, and it's about it doesn't matter what no. you're doing if you're on stage or if you're seeing a therapy client. It's yeah. about bring the razzle dazzle, bring the lights, bring the music, be the show, and so you're yeah. absolutely spot on. Um, yeah. And it, it is for me. This was a, we have a, a Welsh hypnotist here in the UK, Jason, um, and when this all happened and I went into in, in a bit of a dark place, Jason's like you know, get a new stage, go online, do some stuff. And that's, and that's what oh, this has become, yeah. if you know what I mean. And it's nice to me. You know, I've, you know, noticed, I've, I've, no, I've noticed that there's a lot of hypnotists, stage hypnotists that have actually banded together, which is really impressive. 
yeah. you know, myself yeah. and Michael Mesmer being one. And there's a bunch of people that are yeah. like just together and helped each other out because I mean, it ain't easy. Yeah. I mean, there's people sitting out there that are used to doing 300 shows a year and all of a sudden they've been reduced to zero and it's yeah. emotionally and tough because you're used to getting that audience feedback aren't you? and you don't get nothing. Yeah. On Zoom. And it's like I say, yeah. it's not just the financials, it's the it's the adrenaline and the rush that you get from performing, you know, and you're doing that all the time, and all of a sudden you take yeah. that out. That is a very difficult drug to give yeah. up. Um I struggle with that. Absolutely. Entertainment is a is a high, it's a rush. Uh, yeah. and and this is why it took me years to understand why the comics turn to cocaine and drugs and everything else. Yeah. Else. It's because they, they, they want to fulfill and continue that rush. You know, obviously yeah. that's not a good thing, but it is adrenaline and it is a rush yeah. and it is a drug. And most of us love being on stage. And uh, now we're in, you know, COVID. It's it's hard on people. I know it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Speaking of highs and lows, um, I've, I've watched with almost tears in my eyes to see your lovely car. Um, did it catch oh. on fire? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I woke up. I woke up early in the morning and decided I'd go for a drive. And so I, I go for a drive around St. Petersburg, it's a beautiful city, uh, early in the morning, so there's no one around. And I actually was pulling it back into my garage, which is currently under a townhome. So it's actually in, it's kind of, the house is on top of the garage. It's a weird sort of layout. And mm. I, I, could, I could smell a smell and then I could hear the sound of a, what sounded like a bonfire. And I was like, that's weird, what's that? And I turn around, there's flames pouring out the engine. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, we had to call all the uh you know the fire service and everything it was rough yeah, and i, that, I watched it just go up in flames yeah <laughs> and it's it, it, it was yeah. such a beautiful looking car as well yeah one of the things we do when guests come on is we always ask them a uh a, a tip you know not something that's generally out there but for either yeah. hypnotherapists that are thinking of doing performance to help their business or stage yeah. hypnotists at whatever level that they're at one nugget that you think that is something that will help them um i would say what's helped me out is persistency and consistency is key. Mm. So if you're going to, if you're going to be a stage hypnotist, then you have to be persistent and consistent. There's no point in taking a weekend training class and then, and then six months later going and doing a show and hoping that it goes, you know, it, everything goes all right. And it's the same as a hypnotherapist. If the last weight loss session you did was like four months ago and all of a sudden you have a client tomorrow, it's very difficult to get back in and snap back in yeah. so you almost have to rehearse and practice on a daily basis which is like what yeah. comedians yeah. do therapists do anybody any athlete would do you know a tennis player would and we tend to forget that we are you know what we do is an art form it really mm -hmm. is an art form to to hone the craft you actually have to sort of constantly do it so so on one level i'd say consistency and persistency don't don't just like do it once and then rely on another class coming up just do a little bit every day and then with marketing a lot of people are thinking to themselves right now, I'm not going to do any marketing because it's COVID. Actually, you should probably do a bit more yeah. um, because now is the time where your dollar goes further with your marketing. Yeah. And actually now is the time to get all that marketing in place and together because you're going to get, you're going to get rewarded six months down the line. Yeah. So just keep doing it every day. You're not going to get quick results, quick hits. It's going to, it's going to come up. You, you're going to get it later on down the line when you're not expecting it. But I think I think that's I think that's right with a lot of a lot of stuff when it comes to hypnosis is you're constantly investing in yourself for how you're going to be in three years time, you know. In three years time, you'll look back yeah. and go, "Oh, this is this is this is how I am. This is how I am." Um, yeah. Speaking of investing in yourself, uh, I always ask guests guests 
for two book recommendations. Um, but as it's you, Richard, and you're a fellow Brit, I will allow you to give four book recommendations because oh. I know you have four incredible yeah. books, which if you're okay. watching this on the replay or on YouTube, there will be a link in the comment section to it. But uh, tell us about your books, Richard. Yeah, so I've got four. I've got um, Secrets of the Stage Revealed, The Guide to Hypnosis and Stage Hypnotism. It's a pretty, it's a pretty basic uh, stage hypnosis book, but it has like an A to Z or an A to Z of, um, you know, uh, routines. It has the mm -hmm. induction in the back, the Elman induction. Uh, I think it's pretty solid. I have Selling Hypnotically, The Art of Suggestion, which is more yeah. to do with sales and persuasion and influence. Um, mm -hmm. The Hypnotic Goals Planner, which is a goal setting book and um, how to get from passion to success, which is my personal favorite, uh, which which is um, just how to find your self-discovery and your and your groove. Because, you know, mm -hmm. people go on a stage hypnosis class, for instance, but it might not be for you. You might actually find out this is not what you should be doing. And there's no harm, no foul by saying this isn't for me. But just find what your purpose actually is. Uh, one of my favorite books is um, 10X by Grant Cardone. Um, yes. I just like the way he thinks. Yeah. And I also like yeah. Robert Kiyosaki, The Cash Flow Quadrant, because it just makes complete sense. There was a great uh, podcast with uh, Jordan Belfort and Grant mm -hmm. Cardone. Um, yeah. And they, they both, they're both at polar opposites of how you should attack marketing and success. But yeah. together, it, it was brilliant to have two people with different belief systems, but yeah. really work together. And I think.